What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Will Ford Show, a wild, wild, wild divisional round weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Some fantastic games, Titans, Bengals, Packers 49ers was a really surprising game. And then, I mean, the two games of the year with the Bucks and Rams and the Chiefs and Bills, honestly, a coin flip for which one you, you pick there as, as the game of the year. Uh, I, I was more I was more entertained I think by the by the Bucks Rams game because I wanted to see if Tom Brady could pull off another improbable comeback and he basically did and then his defense gave it up uh, in the last minute of the game. But gonna dive into a couple of these games in this episode and then we're gonna look at the uh, the other two uh, later on in the week. But I want to look at the the games from Saturday, so Titans Bengals. And then 49ers Packers. The scores from over the weekend, though, uh, Bengals defeated the Titans 19 to 16. 49ers defeated the Packers 13 to 10, and that was a frigid game. It was like 11 degrees at kickoff. Rams defeated the Bucks 30 to 27, and the Chiefs defeated the Bills 42 to 36 in overtime. But I want to look at the Saturday games. Uh, in this episode, the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Tennessee Titans, the number one seed. And the Titans, I wouldn't say that they're a fraud of a team. A lot of team or a lot of people and a lot of fans have not been high on the Titans. And I'm not high on them as a number one seed, but I don't think they're a fraud by any means. I mean, one of the best running teams in the league. And then when you have Julio Jones and AJ Brown healthy, I don't think they're an overrated team. Their defense is actually really good. One of the best pass rushes in the league. Their secondary, kind of all right. But really not a bad team. And uh, I wouldn't say that they're better than teams like the Chiefs or the Bills uh, or by any means like that. But they certainly earned their place as the number one overall seed to be able to host throughout the playoffs. And obviously didn't get it done against the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals, I'll be honest, I, I predicted them to have a really bad season. Like 3-14, and 4-13, and 13, somewhere in there. I thought they, in the first round of the draft this past year, they should have taken an offensive lineman, a tackle like Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater to really help that offensive line because Burrow had just gotten hurt the year before. And instead they took Jamar Chase, his teammate at LSU, wide receiver, and it ended up being the greatest thing that the Bengals could have done. I mean, obviously... Yeah, you want some more protection. You want some help on that offensive line because Burrow was sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans. Very, very rarely. And it might be the only time ever where a quarterback gets sacked nine times and they win a playoff game. I mean, to me, that's that's pretty incredible. But Jamar Chase did have over 100 yards receiving. Burrow was still remarkably effective. 75% completions, 348 yards and then nine and a half yards per completion. I mean, to be able to be under that kind of duress for the majority of the game, you still complete three quarters of your throws, 350 on the board and approaching 10 yards of completion. I mean, you know your quarterback, you know you got the right quarterback, you know you have a special one. When he can get sacked nine times but still move the ball downfield, complete his throws, Joe Burrow is is really good, and taking Jamar Chase, you know, that didn't end up being all that bad for them. I mean, he had 81 catches for 1,455 yards, 
18 yards a catch and and 13 touchdowns. I mean, as a rookie, he's putting up kind of similar to, to Justin Jefferson type numbers. I, I think those two are very comparable in terms of the impact that they've had in their rookie seasons. I mean, Justin Jefferson as a rookie, he had 88 catches, 1,400 yards. Uh, so similar number of receptions and, and yards receiving. And then half as many touchdowns as Jamar Chase. He had seven touchdowns. Now, granted, this is a 16-game season, not a 17-game season, but I don't think Justin Jefferson would have scored six touchdowns in a, in a game to, to match that. But very comparable numbers when you compare the rookie seasons. Jamar Chase is an absolute stud and probably already a top 10 wide receiver in football. And now the Bengals have reached the AFC Championship, which is just not something that I would have even thought of. You know, forget making the playoffs as a wild card or winning the division. They've made it all the way to the AFC Championship. Beat a Raiders team that, despite all of their struggles, has been solid all year. Derek Carr has has performed extremely well. And then you take out the number one seed in the Titans. And now they have a tough task ahead of them with the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead in the AFC Championship. But the Bengals did beat the Chiefs at home to clinch the division in the regular season. So that's going to be a fantastic game. And I'm super excited about it. But for the Bengals to be in the spot that they are right now, it's just not something that I would have even pictured or even dreamed of. I thought they were going to be 4-13. and thought they should have drafted an offensive tackle. And even with their current roster, I really thought that they were a couple of years away from a season like this, not, not 2021-2022. I really thought it was going to be a couple years down the line because you need to use some draft capital on that offensive line the defense is actually pretty solid. Jesse Bates, probably the best safety in the league. You know, their back end is really good. Their secondary. Joe Mixon, when he's healthy, he's proven this year that he's a top 10 back. And this is one of the rare years where he's put together a, a pretty healthy year. He hasn't been banged up all that much. The Bengals are the team to beat in the AFC North, though, in the future. I mean, you look at the Steelers, they're losing Big Ben. You don't know what they're going to do at quarterback or whether they're going to go to the draft or trade, free agency. The Ravens, obviously they had a lot of injuries this year in their backfield and in their secondary. They're going to get a lot of pieces back. Lamar Jackson was also hurt a little bit. But I'm not sure. that I mean, they lost twice to the Bengals this year, and I'm not sure how well they'll stack up with the Bengals next year. And then the Browns are a tire fire, and I, I don't see them doing much against Cincinnati next year. Of course, Baker Mayfield's going to be a lot healthier than he was this year. So maybe he'll put up better numbers and, and the Browns will be a better team. But I think the Bengals are are the team to beat in the AFC North. And really, I think, I mean, they're in the AFC Championship for a reason. But I, I think they are a legit contender now for as long as Joe Burrow's there. So the next 10 years. And the other Saturday game, the Green Bay Packers suffered another playoff letdown what hurts the most I think for the Packers is that they've been talking about the last couple years you know they've been in the two previous NFC championships they said we got to get one of these at home because there's nothing quite like playing in Green Bay in an NFC championship when it's 10 degrees out snowing really cold 
we have the advantage. Well, clearly not because you lost in the divisional round to the 49ers who play in San Francisco during the regular season. So it's it's warm pretty much year-round for them being in California. And they came into your place and, and got it done. Now, special teams played a huge role in that, of course. But the 49ers were able to find a way to get it done. And, and again, the Packers were a little bit too conservative near the end of that game. And I think that's kind of the story of Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Fantastic in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, pressure, crunch time, Matt LaFleur kind of gets a little conservative and he folds. Doesn't want to make the big mistake, but the big mistake is not letting arguably the best quarterback in the league and one of the most talented quarterbacks ever to just do his thing. And some of it's on Aaron Rodgers too because Rodgers can change plays. He can really he can do whatever he wants. But it's another letdown for the Packers. And now the Packers, I think, are going to be, they're going to start to experience some down years here very, very soon if they don't bring Aaron Rodgers back. Now, it would have to be via trade if Rodgers wants out. But you got to think about this. The Packers, I think, are about to, to enter a little bit of a rebuild. I wouldn't say full reboot rebuild, but I think kind of a retool a little bit because Devontae Adams is a free agent after this season. Jair Alexander is a free agent after this season. Their cap situation, it's one of, if not the worst in the league, $40 million over the cap. So what do you do? I mean, you can get rid of guys like Zadarius Smith, who would, the, the cap hit, I believe, would be around $14, 15000000 million. You got to figure out where else you want to cut ties to save some money because if you want to bring back Adams and Alexander and Rodgers, I mean, you're going to have to free up so much money, and then by that point, your team is nowhere near as good. Your roster is not as talented as, as it was this season. So really, this was the year for the Packers to put it all together. And now, you know, falling short in the divisional round, I mean, this is the demise of the Packers. This is, this is it right here. Rodgers has already said he doesn't want to be a part of any rebuild of any kind, big or small. He's also 38 years old. I wouldn't want to either that at that age. So he's probably going to leave. Devontae Adams probably going to walk too. Alex Jair Alexander. I don't. I don't know what what they do with him. I don't know where he would go. What kind of money he would command in free agency? He's obviously a top five corner in the league, but I don't. I don't know how the Packers are going to prioritize some of these things. Of course, they want Aaron Rodgers back, but. I don't know if it's possible. And for Green Bay to save any kind of money, trading Rodgers immediately after the season ends might actually be the smartest thing to do as far as a, a cap space saver. Because obviously Rodgers is making you know $40 million plus, but if you trade him after the season's done, you can save about $20 million of that. And then you can make some adjustments elsewhere to get yourself back to even in terms of cap space. Obviously, you don't want to part with Aaron Rodgers, but you got Jordan Love. I'm not sure if he... We've seen him in one game in two years. I don't think he is the talent the Packers thought he was going to be when they drafted him, but they're just going to have to roll with him. I Honestly, I talked about this before the draft when news got leaked that Rodgers wanted out and that the 49ers made an offer. 
if I was the Packers, I would have made a trade then for Jimmy Garoppolo. And you get there, what would have they had the number three pick at the time? So you get the number three pick and Jimmy Garoppolo, and then the 49ers get Aaron Rodgers. That's what I would have done then because Jimmy Garoppolo, when he plays with a decent roster around him, he's really good and wins a lot of games. I mean, he's won more often than not in San Francisco. You didn't do that. And so now, I mean, you could have also had that pick too. So you could have used that that pick on a guy like Kyle Pitts. You could have got a Jamar Chase to pair with Devontae Adams. I, I, I think your roster would have been built a little bit better. Yeah, of course, Garoppolo is not Aaron Rodgers, but let's not act like Garoppolo is a scrub. He's certainly a, a top half of the league quarterback. I would say just outside the top 10. He's been to a Super Bowl. He knows how to win. You give him Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase slash Kyle Pitts. That's what I would have done a handful of months ago before the season started. But now you're in a situation where you can't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because, frankly, I don't think the 49ers would do it. I think the 49ers are kind of in a spot right now where they may not even want to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They drafted Trey Lance, but if Garoppolo takes them to another Super Bowl, it'd be, what, their second Super Bowl in the last four years? You're going to really part ways with a quarterback? Yes, he's making a lot of money. You're going to part ways with a quarterback who is taking you to two Super Bowls? I don't know if the 49ers can do that. And I get that Trey Lance is much younger. He's much cheaper. He's obviously talented. We've seen that in, in different spots this year when he's played and Garoppolo's been out of the lineup. But I don't know if I could get rid of a quarterback who's taken my team to a Super Bowl twice. Unless you're getting an absolute haul for him. But the problem for for the 49ers is the contract. I mean, you're going to ask another team to not only trade for a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but eat that contract? Maybe for a team that's a quarterback away, maybe it's worth it, but I'm not I'm not too certain about that. I, I think Garoppolo would probably command at at minimum a second round pick. At minimum. I mean, granted this is a couple years ago, a handful of years ago, but if Sam Bradford gets you a first and a third when, you know, the Vikings and the Eagles did that trade. If Sam Bradford gets you a first and a third, what is what is Jimmy Garoppolo getting you? I would like to think at least that, especially if a team is desperate enough for a quarterback. But that's not an option anymore for Green Bay. They they can't do that. So if Green Bay is going to trade him somewhere, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is probably going to have some say over where he goes. What are the options for Aaron Rodgers? Well, I'll give you a couple of them. The Denver Broncos has been thrown out there for a while. There's no coach currently, so you could trade for Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers could pick his coach. That could be an enticing option for Aaron Rodgers. Plus, I think the Manning family has talked about maybe buying the Broncos or getting some kind of stake in the Broncos. I mean, if Peyton Manning is and Eli Manning are kind of the ones in charge, that could be enticing for Aaron Rodgers because the Manning brothers could could really make a good pitch to why Rodgers should want to come to Denver. And Denver's got an okay defense. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's not bad by any means. And on offense, they've got some okay weapons. Their, their backs are great, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. The offensive lines are all right. 
And I think a, a lot of B-plus weapons, not really any A's. You know, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Tim Patrick. It's okay. I don't know if that makes the Broncos a Super Bowl contender. Anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, it's it's at least going to put you in the conversation. I'm not sure if the roster is good enough to get you to a Super Bowl or win it, but you'll certainly be in the conversation. I don't think Denver is where Rodgers would want to go, though, because I still think the Broncos are more than a couple pieces away. They're more than a quarterback away from not just you know winning their division or going to the playoffs, but making it to a Super Bowl. I saw the Indianapolis Colts floated out there for Aaron Rodgers, and to me that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the Colts just traded draft picks, you know, traded a first for Carson Wentz. And yeah, Carson Wentz isn't great. I wouldn't want him as my starting quarterback, but I feel like you're kind of tied to him, at least for the next couple of years. I mean, you could trade him to Green Bay and get Rodgers, but you're going to have to give up more picks. I'm not sure if that's worth it for the Indianapolis Colts. Certainly would make them a much better team. They're they're built for a Super Bowl. I mean, they've got the running game with Jonathan Taylor, a top 10 offensive line, top 5 offensive line probably. Solid defense, decent weapons. I mean, Michael Pittman is emerging as a wide receiver one. I would maybe want to go there if I'm Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if the Colts would be willing to part ways with more draft capital and give up on the quarterback that they just traded for. You like to think that the 2017 Carson Wentz is in there somewhere, and you see flashes of it sometimes. But there are other moments where Wentz makes unbelievably stupid mistakes too. So I'm not sure about Indy. I think it's a great fit for Rodgers, but I don't know if it works for Indy when you look at money and draft picks. The one that makes the most sense to me is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because they've got a great coach in Mike Tomlin who's never had a losing season. A fantastic defense with the best defensive player in the league, at least this season, in TJ Watt. On offense, you've got great weapons. Najee Harris in the backfield who is a do-it-all type of back. Run between the tackles, run outside, receiving back. Can step up in pass protection. Really can do it all. You have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's going to be a free agent, but I think you know, the Steelers have some money. That I think they have the fourth-best cap situation in the league heading into the offseason. You bring back Juju Smith-Schuster. You have Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Even if you don't bring back Juju, I mean, you still have those two guys. You have Pat Fryermuth at tight end. Those are great weapons. The offensive line is a liability, though. That might be a concern for Rodgers, but if you're the Steelers... I mean, really, just use all of your draft capital on building that that offensive line, trying to fortify it a little bit for Rodgers. And Rodgers, even at his age, can still move around in and outside the pocket. So that's fine. I think Rodgers can make a subpar offensive line work, but obviously you want to make it as, as beefy as you can to keep him upright because obviously he's not getting any younger. He's 38 going on 39. You, you need to keep him upright and keep him healthy for his last couple years in the league. But if I'm the Steelers, I go all in on Aaron Rodgers because you're going to move from one Hall of Famer to another. Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers legend. Maybe you could argue the greatest Steelers quarterback of all time. You could argue it. I'm not saying he is. Obviously, he's had a down last couple of years, but you're moving from the greatness of Roethlisberger to now 
an immensely more talented Rodgers, especially at, you know, this point in their careers. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, I think, is 40 or almost 40. And Rodgers is getting there, but Rodgers is still immensely talented and really good. So huge step up there. And it makes the Steelers, without a doubt, the team to beat in the AFC if you, if you get Rodgers. The last team I saw, I actually saw this yesterday on TikTok. What if Tom Brady is done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after this season? I don't think that's the case, but what if he does retire? I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth in the next episode, but the Tampa Bay Bucks could maybe make a run at at Aaron Rodgers. Now, what do you have to trade? I mean, there's a lot of pieces that could be moving around for the Bucks next year. Chris Godwin's a free agent. There's some free agents on defense. I don't know what you do there. Do you have to trade one of those guys to the Packers? I, I'm not sure what you do. It seems unlikely, though, because I think Brady's coming back anyways. But if he doesn't, what kind of draft capital do the Bucks have to give away? But are they willing to also part ways with any of their star players? And probably going to have to part ways with Chris Godwin. And maybe a piece or two on defense. And then at that point, yeah, Rodgers and Tom Brady, I don't think there's much separation there. But the roster is not going to be as good as it was this season. All right, that's it for 151. In episode 152, we're going to talk about the other two playoff games, Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Bucks and Los Angeles Rams. And we'll also preview the NFC and AFC championships, give you my predictions, see who moves on to the Super Bowl. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Will Ford Show, on Twitter at The Will Ford Show, and on TikTok at The Will Ford Show. I'll see you in episode 152. This is WFS, The Will Ford Show.